Hi, I'm Tanya Yeremkiv, and this is a collection of my audio blogs. This particular episode is part of a series called Through the Bible, where I take a chapter from the Bible and talk through it by sharing insights, revelations, and perspectives from my recent studies. Welcome back to Through the Bible series. I'm your host, Tanya Yeremkiv, and I'm so excited. I'm always excited about these episodes because we get to talk about the Bible, my favorite thing ever. And today, my sister-in-law, Elise, is joining me. And let me tell you that you will not regret listening today. It is going to be such a great conversation. Elise and I have talked offline quite a bit, and I'm just so psyched. I'm so excited about this particular episode. And let me tell you that first and foremost, Elise is a friend. And of course, she's my sister. Um, I'm married to her brother, duh. And she's also one of the most business savvy people that I know. She's super smart and super wise and she loves the Bible. She loves Jesus and she has a lot to share. So once again, the goal of this series is to understand God's word better, to grow in a relationship with Jesus and to disciple and be discipled. So with that, without further ado, Elise, let's talk the Bible. What have you recently read or have been meditating on we're just gonna dive right into it yeah so I have actually started reading from the very beginning of the bible um and I started recently have been meditating over exodus through deuteronomy the whole story of uh you know Moses' birth to being chosen by God to lead the people and of course the journey uh, from Egypt to the promised land. So right now I am right at the moment where Moses will not be allowed to enter the promised land, which is heartbreaking. Uh, but yeah, so there's there's a lot to read in here. There's a lot to dive into. But yeah, that's where I have been at. And what have you, what has stood out in your mind in the last week or couple weeks maybe even the month that like has just kind of changed your perspective or your understanding and desire for the bible and for knowing god more so the biggest thing for me was we growing up you know we went to uh, sunday school we learned all of these stories right we grew up on them we watched cartoons but actually sitting down and diving into this to the story and reading like the footnotes at the bottom, actually spending time digesting all of these, not just reading it like a bed bedtime story, uh, you get so much out of it. And the biggest things that stood out for me was the strict rules and regulations of building the tabernacle and the tribes and the sacrifices and you know, the offerings and, and everything, like if you touch, you know, a dead human, if you um, are bleeding, if you hurt someone, like there's the, the steps to make yourself clean or holy again is just, it's broad. It's crazy, honestly. Like it's just, it's a lot. It's in reading through all of this and actually wrapping your mind around the fact that this was how they lived. This was their day-to-day life. Uh, this is what they went through and finding out that this is, you know, this is not how we are living today. We are so much more lenient on 
you know, accepting certain sins in our life and, and not really caring and not taking it seriously. Uh, so reading through this and realizing how strict and how crazy it is, it, it is to go through all of that, it really just makes it stand out even more of God's love for us today. And, you know, Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, that being the ultimate price, the being the ultimate offering. And today we just live freely. We express our love freely. We worship freely. We do anything, you know, it, it's it's free. It's freedom of choice, you know, for us. So I think just the difference of how they lived back then versus today and uh, just the shock of all of it is mind-blowing, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so interesting, especially when we start looking into, like, cultural or historical context and, like, why they did things the way they did it. And it's, like, yeah, like you said, mind-blowing. It really is mind-blowing. Yeah, and, and I'm the type of person that'll read through the Bible, but I won't fully understand the whys. So it always rely on sermons, you know, and, and the pastor's viewings of, you know, oh, this is why they did it. So looking at, um, you know, reading through why they did certain things, why the certain sacrifices, why the number of the sacrifices, and going back to, you know, the the specifics of it all from the tabernacle and all of it. If you actually go through and read through the actual specifics of the animals that had to be sacrificed, the amount of them that had to be sacrificed, on what day they had to be sacrificed, because they had the Passover and they had the rituals and the celebrations of it all. Um, there is a lot of meaning to it, but because it is through so many chapters, I mean, you can spend years in just Exodus and dive into all of that information. It's all right there for you. Yeah, I mean, so many people dedicate their entire lives and like studies on it and, you know, mm -hmm. it's available to just like an everyday person too. And so we, it's not like, like neither you or I are like theologians or professional scholars or any of this, but yet no, we're not. <laughs> get to dig into the Bible and know it for ourselves because then, you mm -hmm. know, we can actually test what is true and, you know, discern what the truth is when other people are speaking and preaching and like it's not i mean it's not good to just take everybody's word for what they say we have to know it for ourselves because mm -hmm. it's the word of god <laughs> yeah and it could be as simple as just reading the footnotes at the bottom if you get a study bible and if you're reading like just the footnotes at the bottom that alone can help you so much because if you I mean, they have the references in other passages, other parts of the Bible where you can find similar notes. And um, yeah, when I say actually digesting the word, like you go through those footnotes, you go to those references, you flip through the Bible, you read through all of these things. And if there's one thing that sticks out to you, you highlight that one verse and you just do all the research you can. Because I mean, yeah, there are, you know, of course, thousands and thousands of verses in here, but that one verse that can stick out to you you can focus on that one thing and do all the research you want on it. And it's, it could change your life, just that one thing. So um, I think one of my favorite things is the, the Bible that I'm actually reading right now is the Student Study Bible. It looks like this. Um, Eric, actually, my younger brother, bought it for me. He had himself a copy like this, and he said it's been really helping him kind of feel like an eye-opener 
when it in terms of studying it, in terms of digesting it, but um, it really is. Yeah, if you just get any kind of Bible that has those footnotes, the references, teaches you what the words are similar to, even so, of course, this has been translated over and over, but it kind of opens up these verses into like, oh, this word kind of sounds like this in Hebrew, so it could mean this. Um, there's there's a lot. There's so much to unravel and, and open up. Yeah, that's so that's so true. And then you said you look at footnotes and you have the study Bible. Are there other resources that you like to look at that help you understand certain verses or certain spots of the Bible a little bit better? Yes, kind of. So I'm still exploring all of that. I'm still exploring how, like, what are the best ways for me to gain information and to learn things. The biggest thing that helped me learn was comparing different translations of the Bible. And it could be a lot of work. And I know that, you know, people don't want to just sit down and buy four or five different copies and uh, start comparing little footnotes and stuff. But if you have a, you know, a pastor that you that you respect and look up to, uh, mine are Stephen Furtick and uh, Michael Todd, and um, they're great pastors. And they've helped me a lot with finding those meanings, finding the the reasonings behind a lot of these. They can take a story and then just digest it completely down. But the crazy thing is that you'll go to another pastor and you listen to one of their sermons and they start kind of opening up to the similar story, but they have a whole different message behind it too. So uh, I think that if you sit down personally and like you said, go directly to the word yourself, read it for yourself, gain it, you know, yourself, then you start having conversations around it. Then you start listening to messages and you'll find out that a lot of people have different meanings behind it. Uh, but what helped me the most was first read it yourself. Don't go building it on, on anybody else's opinions. Uh, don't go getting the story from somebody else. I kind of like to call it like the gossip. If you've never read the story in the Bible yourself, you're basically gossiping, right? Like you don't know the story. Yeah, that's a good and that's how yeah. I felt. Yeah. And that's how I felt too. And I would, you know, try to communicate with a friend. Oh, you know, it's like that story in the Bible, but I don't even know it myself. So I caught myself saying the wrong thing. And that's what pushed me to go read it from the very beginning. Cause I only knew what I was taught, you know, in Sunday school when I was 10. Um, but yeah, so going to the word directly and uh, having conversations around it, you know, join a Bible study group, uh, people who are reading around the same areas, um, or, you know, go to the church and, and create some friends there and just open up a conversation. But you'll find out a lot that everyone gains something different. It's going to apply to your life differently than it would to somebody else. Yeah. What? Okay, this is kind of a left field question. Can you recall the moment that made you go to the Bible and be like, I have to read this. Like, I need to know for myself. I want to read it and dig into it myself, for myself, so that I know what I'm talking about, what I'm believing in, and all that. Yeah, so knowing that this was recent, um, like I said, I'm in Deut Deuteronomy right now, and I have been actively reading uh, and being very good at you know, not taking one or two week breaks in between readings. 
since October of 2022. So this is like, you know, what, three, four months in. And uh, in October is, you know, of course, it's very dark in Alaska. And if you don't do a lot outside, you do fall into a dark place in your life. You start kind of recalculating where you are in life. Uh, You start rethinking who your true friends are. Like you just start reevaluating everything. So I got into a place where I was relying solely on online sermons. I haven't gone to church in months. Um, If I did, I would watch it online and I would flip through reels on Instagram and a lot of different opinions started springing up. You know, like I had, especially on reels on Instagram, it is so easy to fall into somebody else's video of somebody else's opinion that could not even be true. So I had a lot of uh, a lot of moments there where it was just, okay, you know what, I need to clarify this. I need to I need to make this a little bit clearer. And I remember years ago, a pastor had said, oh, you want to study the Bible. Why don't you just start from the very beginning? It's a book. You're not going to pick up Hunger Games and start in the middle of it and be like, oh, why Why is Katniss fighting with Peter again? Like, you have to start from the beginning. You have to know what's going on. Because even if you are in the New Testament, you know how many times it's referenced to those stories? Oh, Daniel. Oh, you know, Moses, Abraham. I didn't know. Like, well, what about Moses and Abraham? I know that it's referenced to it. So you start from the very beginning. And um, so when before I started, I actually prayed that God would just clear my mind completely of any opinions that I had, any assumptions that I had, uh, anything that I've learned from Sunday school, just wipe it out. I'm a brand new person that just wants to know you. Let me read this Bible and I'll start from the very beginning and get to know you as as if I've never met you before. So that one prayer will completely change your life. I have heard other people say the same thing as well, um, that, you know, these are people that have read the Bible all throughout and still felt like they didn't know God fully. So when you finally humble yourself down and you just say, God, I want to know you from the very beginning, oh, he will humble you. <laughs> because a lot of people... I started, I read about a talking donkey, and every time I bring it up, people are like, well, duh, yeah, there's a talking donkey. I didn't know that, and I don't know if it's because of the prayer that I prayed and God just wiped it out of my mind from when I learned it as a kid, but I do not remember in Sunday school learning that there was a speaking donkey in the Bible. Like, it's it's, it's just mind-blowing, so, um, but yeah, the more I started reading it from the beginning, of, of course, you go through all of the list of names and you kind of start zoning out. Uh, but when you do, you you just relax and you say, you know what, I'll come back to this tomorrow. You don't just start pushing through and reading through each chapter because it's not you. if you go to outing with a friend. Right. You don't just rush through the coffee date. Um, if the conversation starts weird, you kind of start zoning out. You don't just say, oh, you know what, you know, never mind, I'll just go away, you know, but you, you actually just relax, you take some time, you pay attention to them, you want to make, you want to be present in that conversation, present in that, you know, coffee day. So it's the same thing, you show up, and if you are zoning out, you just say, God, um, I'm just not clear-minded right now, I'm going to worship instead, I'm going to pray instead. Um, and if you're not in a place to gain information, you're not going to gain information, you're not going to, you're not going to learn anything. So um, it's just staying relaxed and 
staying humble and, and knowing that this is reading through the Bible. You are building your relationship with God. You are letting the Holy Spirit work in you. Mm. You, It's a living book. Yeah. So it's not, it's not just a history book that you're forced to go read through that you will have a test on. And if you read through something and you forget about it, it's fine. You know, I read through Exodus, a lot of it, I actually, I don't remember what the strict rules were for the tabernacle, you know, and, but what I do know is I have about 10 sticky notes sticking out of each page where something stuck out to me that have changed the way I think, the way I act, the way I speak, the way I treat other people in my life, uh, and just the way I start conversations with other people too, because it used to be, oh, let's go hang out. Who are your friends? What do you like to do? And now it's, hey, what is like what is your meaning here like what do you think your purpose is here what do you want out of life you know it's deeper it's you're building relationships with other people and it all starts with reading the bible like that's it yeah it comes back to what jesus said you know like uh the golden rule or the golden commandment of love god and love others right as yourself and i mm -hmm. think that when you love god of course you're going to be in the word of course you're going to be seeking yeah. out his commands and getting to know what the bible says and then that in turn like automatically creates this desire and like this urgency to love others the way that he loves you and the way that you love god because like at that point mm -hmm. it's like all pride gets tossed aside and you can confidently just fully love others and God. And it's just yes. like so simple. It yes. just, it's, it's the most simple thing. Yeah. And I mean, That's... honestly, when you do start going deeper in the word, your prayers will change too, because then it goes from, Oh, you know, I want my business, my business to be blessed. I want financial freedom. I want a family. I want a husband. I want this to God, what do you want? I want what you want. Help me serve other people. Let me go find your other lost children. They know it's your, your prayers change. And as they change, you naturally mold into who he needs you to be. And, you know, just it's, you can, I mean, the things that I've seen happen in my life personally, from conversations to, you know, hanging out to, um, you know, recently the dreams, which is a whole nother conversation. Um, it's, it's really like you, it's like I'm watching myself in a movie, but I know who wins at the end. So I'm just kind of curious as to like, oh, okay, you know, what happens here, you know, in my life day to day, who are the people that I meet? Who are the people that I lose, you know, from clients to friends, to coworkers, to jobs, anything. But at the end of the day, I know who wins. I know that whatever happens in my life, that God is in control, that he will work through me. And the more you start helping others, the more you start serving others, the more your life will just, like, I mean, you just find a meaning. You have a purpose. You have, you like, you, there is a reason you're here. There's a reason you're alive. And I'm sure people have heard that a lot. I've heard that a lot growing up too. Oh, if you're breathing, you know, you have a purpose. Okay, what is that purpose? Once you actually get to the point of having that relationship with God, it just comes to you. It, it's not a specific purpose. It's not, oh, you're here because you need to talk to that one person. Oh, okay, I'm going to go meet that person in my life. And once I talk to them, my life is complete. It's not like that. Like the purpose is so much bigger and it's ever changing. 
And so like you can wake up, I can wake up tomorrow and I have a new purpose. And I don't know what that is, but with God in the driver's seat, every conversation I have is just free flowing. Every person I meet is just, you know, where, how can I help you? What can I do for you? Um, I actually saw this Netflix show recently, this doctor, New Amsterdam, I think it's called, but this doctor comes in and he's battling through his own personal, you know, issues that he's not sharing with absolutely anybody. Um, I think he was cancer. But every single time somebody showed frustration or he met somebody new, he'd say, what can I do to help you? How can I help you? He kept saying that over and over and over again. So I'm like, huh, I wonder what would happen if I did that in my life. So I started doing that at work. I had a client who got frustrated. I'm like, what can I do to help? Okay, I need you to do this. Okay, I did it. Easy stuff. It wasn't let go when the situation was resolved. It That stress was let go as soon as I said, what can I do to help? Because now they're not alone. Same thing at the coffee shop. I had a coworker who messed up coffee and she's all scrambling because she's new and she's being trained and she just kind of froze in, in, in you know one spot. And I'm like, what can I do to help? And she's like, I don't know what to do here. I'm like, okay, dunk that cup. You can restart. We restarted, let her through. And she's like, okay, now I can relax. But that those were like the big eye openers for me that were like, okay, you know what? I'm here to serve others. I'm here to help others in any way that I can. And if I don't know how, you just lead them to church, lead them to people that, you know, that they can meet, find a community for them. You know, like I have a friend who's a single mother right now and she's been kind of struggling. Okay. I don't know how to help you in that field, but I have great friends that are mothers in your age group too. So let's go have coffee. You know, you guys can have your babies meet. It's as easy as that. It's just, I think that people have that energy, I guess, have that, you know, the desire to be that person. And I think that reading the word and learning how to do that and building that relationship with Jesus, of course, uh, is the, the energy provider is the, you know, like it's what drives you to go do good. It's the compassion that moved Jesus in the same way. You know, he was so moved by compassion that he went and did things, you know, Mm -hmm. and healed. He went and helped others. And that's so powerful. What can I do to help you? You know, to ask that man, like, I'm, I'm definitely stealing that because I, I'm, I can be, I think there's like, the fleshly side of me is like a super people pleaser and I want to say yes to absolutely everything, but we have to like flip the script because I feel like the world labels us that way. We have to flip the script Mm -hmm. and remove all the like the prideful pieces of that because people pleasing does come from a sense of pride and flip it to be like a servant and to actually have a servant heart that is purified by the word of God that is washed by the word of God and helped by the Holy Spirit to move forward and actually serve others instead of just people pleasing for your sake you know because that's what it comes Mm -hmm. down to you know and I think that a lot of people struggle with that a lot of people struggle with even the desire to serve others like most people like we're we live in like a me 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 age you know where it's like all about yes me and it's like, oh, exactly well, how do you feel about that and it's like it really does not matter if it if it doesn't bring glory mm-hmm. to god it does not matter and i think that can sound harsh to some people but 
I don't know how what, what would you say to that you know like because a lot of people I mean I already have thoughts so about bad. it yeah I mean we are conditioned to what do you want in the next five years what do you where do you want to be right these are things that I remember like I had the the question that I struggled with as a kid was where do you see yourself in five years can you imagine, like, do you remember how many times I was asked of you, like in elementary school and middle school, like, where do you want to be in five years? I have no idea. I don't know. Because then you, like, what the more you think of yourself, the more you feel like you're in this, like, gap of like, oh, this is too much. Like, oh, there's, you know, it could be a pressuring to kind of grow into society because then you assume like, okay, I'm going to be where people want me to be. I'm going to be where people will respect me, where people will love me, where people will look up to me. But then again, that's you, you, you. And then you, you know, you go to college, where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? And then after, at the end of the day, after, you know, putting careers to the side, putting schooling to the side, you, I mean, there's so many self-help things where they tell you, oh, if they treat you like this, just remove them from your life. You know, oh, if, if you, they need to put you first as you put them first. You know, it's, it's little sentences like that that kind of put you into a level of like, they owe me something now. Oh, I brought them coffee today. Ooh. I'm going to expect a... Exactly. Yeah. So if you expect nothing, just wake up in the day. And do, I mean, I wake up, I don't expect my clients to treat me horribly, but I also don't expect them to email me every morning. At least you're just the best thing ever. You like completely changed my life. You know, it's if you like wake up and you're just neutral, right? And just let the build up build up. You know, somebody sends you a nice email. At least I really appreciate you. That already is like boosted my attitude by 10 times because I didn't wake up with an expectation of that. You know, and then throughout the day, um, you know, I'll send these closing emails to clients uh, where I say, you know, thank you so much for using, you know, the realtor and I, uh, if you were happy with their services, we would be honored to help your family and friends. And I got another email saying, oh my gosh, you guys are so amazing. I'm definitely going to, uh, you know, leave a review for the realtor. And of course, you know, if we have any buddies, I'll tell them to go buy a house with you guys. Again, you're, you know, you, you get boosted up a little bit more and, um, your attitude just goes up. But if you wake up and you're expecting this and you're expecting that, of course, you're going to have a sour mood at the end of the day because then you're assuming that nobody sees you. For okay, So we were talking about being self-driven and how um, society trains you to think of yourself and putting yourself first before anybody else's needs. Um, and I'm sure people have heard, oh, you need to put yourself before, you know, your job, put yourself before um, your family, your friends. And in terms of actually when you were, you know, low on energy and low on, you know, you just need to pick me up yourself. That's okay. You isolate a little bit. You spend time with Jesus and pray or worship. That's fine. But when you are trained to always put your needs first, it can get you in a very, very bad place because then you become, you know, selfish and, and um, self-reliant, which is not even good on its own, you know, and you know, people are, women are standing up now and saying, oh, independent woman, independent woman, which is great. You know, I, I live alone. I um, run my own business and I have great friends and great family. I'm 25 and single and I'm living my best life. And I'm not considering myself 
a super wicked independent woman because at the end of the day everybody needs a good friend everybody needs you know their their person everybody needs you know a close family member to um to talk to you you cannot be alone um but i think that it's important to humble yourself a little bit and just stay in stay in that neutral place of the more i help others the more you'll see your own life prosper the more you'll see your own beliefs change your own ways change and yeah it's so true and then a lot of people just easily accept and take these labels on themselves and you know just get all confused with all the information that's offered like you were saying earlier about like Instagram reels everyone is throwing out these opinions yeah saying just pinning it on people in such a way where it's like how do we check this how do we where do we measure this truth, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so important to stay in the word. It's so important to know it for ourselves mm-hmm. and whether we want to or not, like come back to it to mm-hmm. measure the truth. I think that like in terms of like measuring the truth, my first thought is you don't. You don't because if you start fresh, if you start with, you know, God, I, I want to learn about this, he will give you the truth. Why go seek something else? Why go hear something else and be like, well, let me go actually compare this to something else when God can clearly give you the pieces that you are looking for already. So instead of comparing it, just wipe it clean and start from the start. Start from blank. Wow. So what would you say to someone who, let's say this person has read the Bible and they were like, I've tried this Christianity thing. I've tried following God, but he never showed up for me. He was never there for me. Um, I don't believe in him anymore. You know, just kind of throwing it off to the side and being like, not my thing. What what would you say Mm -hmm. to that? Uh, I would ask a few questions. I mean, first of all, are you looking for something specific and you're not finding the right answer? Um, Are you putting your needs first? Uh, you know, before getting to know him, because my struggle personally growing up was, well, what conversations can I have with Jesus if he knows everything about me? You know, we were told, oh, he he knows all of your thoughts. He knows all of your visions. He knows all of your desires. That's great. What am I going to talk to him about then? But it's not about that. You're like a relationship goes both ways. So are you going into this relationship with your needs of what you want from him um, just as you would with your relationship? I'm going to hurt some people. Is your relationships here failing because you are coming with your own needs and expectations of what you need versus getting into a relationship of learning everything about that person or about God instead? Because I promise you that if you do that instead, you... He knows everything about you. So you show up and you say, God, I want to know you. And by knowing him, he will reveal things about yourself to you at the end of the day, too. Um, There are things that I have learned about and that made me in the last few months that made me go reach out to past relationships and not significant other relationships, but just friends, my brothers. um, And I, I reached out to them and I had to apologize about how I grew up and treated them because for over a decade, I struggled with something very deep, very hurtful, and I took it on everybody else but the one who caused it. And everybody paid my price for me. So I think that when 
the one thing that helped me most turn from that kind of life into where I am today was just showing up to prayer, showing up to reading the word and saying, God, what do you want with me? What do you want from me? Um, and I, I can't speak to other people, but me personally, I have felt a lot of, you know, spiritual battles and, and I have always felt something tugging at me constantly. So in, I, the one thing that really, really pushed me into that final prayer of God, you know what? Fine, fine. Take me. You have been fighting for me for years. What is it that you want from me when I have literally proven to you that I'm, you know, sinful, that I've been drinking, that I have been smoking, that I have been sinning, that I have been sleeping around, that I've been doing all of this and you still want me, like you still need me for something. Like, what is it that you want? And once you finally realize that and finally commit to, okay, I will give you my time to see where you want me to be. That's where it all starts. That's where your journey starts. It doesn't start in Sunday school. It doesn't start when you were baptized. Like, I mean, of course, there, the baptism is a big meaning. Don't get me wrong. But it starts when you finally surrender and say, you know what? Fine. Have it your way. Have it your way in my life. Have it your way in my relationships. Have it your way with me. Just take it all. And I promise you, it will change. You will see things, you will feel things, and you will speak things that are not even yours. Yeah, that's so huge. And I think that so many people needed to hear that because we do, I feel like we piggyback on what we supposedly grew up on. And then we try to Mm -hmm. constantly go back on those. But to clear the slate, like you said, to just wipe it clean and be like, God, I'm coming to your word to get to know you because you've pursued me and you never stopped. And mm-hmm. I think that's so powerful because we don't realize how how after us God is. You know, yeah. He's always after yeah. us. And that's so amazing. That's so profound to yeah. think about and just and like like what? Like and I think yeah. it's so funny how people, you know, you mentioned you, you've been sitting on and reading through Exodus and Deuteronomy and so many people will get hung up on the rules and all these laws and these different things. But the whole, those books of the Bible, they set up for the moment that Jesus comes and exactly gives us the opportunity to live with him, like with Holy Spirit inside of us day to day day now that's how yeah we hear god that's how we just have to be receptive to it yeah in reading through the old testament it will really open up your eyes on the true meaning of god's grace because you know in exodus he sent boils he sent frogs he sent poisonous snakes he literally opened up the earth and it swallowed the leaders of a tribe because they were not following God's heart, because they were not just following his heart, but they were disheartening other people around them. They were putting doubt into their hearts too. So for something like that, he just wiped them off because he can. And they were held to such a high standard, an unbelievable standard. And at one wrong move, they can be gone. So reading through all of that and realizing how powerful God is, what he can actually do, 
and then reading. I mean, what I constantly read was, okay, God expected this of his people. And it, it did for me too. It, it kind of started disheartening me too. And I'm like, well, that's kind of like a really strict God. Like, that's kind of crazy. But the thing that I kept thinking was, but Jesus. Okay. And then you read the next chapter. Okay. So God expected this of them, then the offerings and the sin offerings, but Jesus. And then you read the next chapter and just having that constant thought, but Jesus, that's all you need to know. Because when Jesus came and I cannot wait to get to that part of the Bible, because when you are reading through all of the old Testament, all of the scariness of it, all of like seeing the true wrath of God among these people and then reading Jesus and reading how much he loves everyone through Jesus. Like it's a whole nother meaning of love that you will never, that you, you can't even put into words, you know, like you can be in a relationship where think of a mother and, and daughter, you can be, you know, the daughter of a mother who is strict, you know, you have a strict schedule, you have a strict curfew, a strict bedtime, you have a strict diet, you have all of these expectations on you. But then you have a mother who is just loving and lets you be who you want to be. And she just wants to have that relationship with you. That I mean, why can't we see those two circumstances and be like, okay, clearly, I want this one. You know, clearly, I want to have the loving mother. Clearly, I want to have a mother who all she wants is to have a relationship with me. Because through that relationship, that's where things grow more. That's where things grow better, you know. And I think that today we worship a God that we think is limited just because we don't have locusts that are devouring everything. And we don't have poisonous snakes that are springing out from our gutters and everywhere. And like, so we, today, I feel like a lot of people worshiping a God that they think is limited in powers just because he's not doing what the Old Testament is showing us he did. And it's all due to Jesus. That's the cross. That's the line, the, the bridge between the two. So that's so, yeah. I, I haven't heard that perspective. And if ever we get so hung up and stuck on the fact that God is only a God of grace, but he is also a God of mercy and a God of anger yeah. and a God of wrath. Like those are attributes that are spoken throughout the Bible and we see that, I think, more so in, like, the major and minor prophets, you know, there are, like, where it says, like, he has dark clouds under his feet, and you're just like, what? Yeah. Why? <laughs> you know, like, why? But he, but he, and then, like you said, it, Jesus, because of Jesus. Jesus yes. is, like, that drawing, that he draws the line, he gets in front of us, and his blood covers us. And yeah. as followers of Jesus, like, we get to live and see the grace of God, you know? Yeah. And I, I love how you said that just because that God doesn't show his wrath today doesn't mean that he still doesn't have that, that he, that he doesn't have that anymore. Exactly. Just because he's not doing it doesn't mean that he's not able to. He is so well able to. He's just yeah. not doing it. And for all the people that, you know, are wondering, well, why doesn't he just clear off the earth today? Because Jesus, like when the Bible says Jesus is the answer, he really is the answer, man. Like it's, it's there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And, um, I, 
I try to keep this in my routine. Like I read a chapter from Proverbs every day. And I mean, not every day, but for the most part, you know, it's like 31 days. Mm -hmm. There's 31 chapters. You can just fit them in. And um, it's pretty amazing. Like how this book is such, it's focused on wisdom and folly, the two different things. And something I've been toying around with in my mind is how wisdom represents God. It represents the spirit of God in this book of Proverbs and folly represents the world. And so when you choose to follow the principles of wisdom of God, Mm -hmm. you choose God and you choose to live in a relationship with God. And it's like you, you made the comparison so well. And that's when I thought of it, like having the strict mom and the mom Mm -hmm. who doesn't give you a life or having a mom who just wants a relationship with you and pursues you for you know for who you are to bring you up to your potential and 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 not like in a me 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 type of way but like a you're my daughter you're my son you're like I'm here for you and I think that's what happens in the book of Proverbs specifically just because it's been on my mind so much lately like God is wisdom for us and when we choose his ways when we choose to follow through his commands like we do it out of love for him in John, mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus says, like, those who love me will obey my commands. If you love me, you will obey my commands. And that's how your love is proven to me. And it's not a forced love. Like you said, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just, like, constantly thinking of how the way that you're sharing, it's like it comes with such ease and it comes with from such a place of comfort and like a release instead of like a try hard you know you're not pushing this you're not you're not striving and breaking your head over this it's just naturally coming out of you because you've taken on the supernatural ways of God you've taken on the spiritual things and you're setting your mind on those things so that it can come through you naturally and that's what happens exactly your mind on the things of the spirit there's life and peace and it's yeah so like why would you not read the bible like come on people read the bible (laughs) i know i know i I mean and i was that person just last year and you know i tried but then you you do get overwhelmed by where to read because people tell you oh you want to read read james because it teaches you this read corinthians because it teaches you this not wrong they're absolutely not wrong but start in the beginning. Don't stress out. And and please, 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 please don't open the Bible and flip and be like, Holy Spirit, stop the page where I need to read. Don't do that. <laughs> we've all done Stop that. it. <laughs> Just, we've all done that. Yes. But don't. <laughs> After this, yeah. don't. You start from the beginning and it'll just, I mean, one thing that I recently read and I never would have thought I would find this in Deuteronomy, but like when I said, read the footnotes, I'm telling you, read those little footnotes that tell you, oh, this verse means this. This is something that I read and this speaks very well to what you just explained. It says, obedience does not earn the relationship, but is in response to it. That's it. Because I grew up thinking, okay, as long as I'm okay, as long as I'm good, God is going to have a relationship with me. I feel close to God when I'm doing good. No, God is close to you and then you do good because God is close to you. It's just flipping those two roles around. So it's, and it kind of goes very well with what you had just said, but this is something I found in the footnotes and 
like in Deuteronomy of all places too. Yeah. But in Deuteronomy, <laughs> you can get so much out of it. Like in that one, that one sentence, like that one thing, like it really shapes your true relationship with God. Yeah. And it's so powerful to just bring that back, especially when you get hung up in the Bible, like, but Jesus or because Jesus or it's mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Here's the answer. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I had I had a thought, another thought that you had just said about when when you're reading through um the one thing that helped me a lot too was was reading through and i i got to some moments where it was uh it was conflicting with with what my opinions which are okay too i think that when people read the bible they think they don't agree with something and they just click off and they're gone um the church that i go to they have this saying they they say we encourage arguments in this place we encourage this because arguments bring you to the word and we will both learn something after that. Um, so God wants nothing more than to show you who he is. And when you are reading something that you are not agreeing with and you shut off, that's just kind of showing that you don't actually really want to get to know him. And you bring up those disagreements and say, okay, God, but I don't understand why you would do this. Why would you do that? I had those moments too while reading through here. And I'm like, what? God, this this is the God that I'm worshiping? Like, this is the God? I don't understand. But he, you don't need to fully understand why. I think that in a lot of the, in a lot of these stories, um, God will show his grace. And like you said, he'll show his wrath too. Um, but at the end of the day, he he wants you to be holy. He made you to be holy. And to be holy, there is a, you know, a, a whole, not like, a, I don't want to say procedure. There's a way to it. There's a, process. you have to go through things to be holy. A process, exactly. And um, I think a lot, of, in a lot of ways, it's fire, right? And I heard recently this reference where God is fire, but the devil is the water. And he'll put it out. And as you're purifying, as you're going through that purification, going through the fire, the devil will throw water at you to put it out. So just going through the seasons in life and you're, you're reading through these Bible, through this, uh, these stories in the Bible, and you start seeing your life reflecting those moments of, okay, you know what? This isn't, this isn't just a disagreement with, with a friend. You know, this is something that's pushing our relationship apart. Why is it doing that? okay, let's clear the air, have a good conversation. Like you start processing things differently. You start thinking things differently. You start thinking that things are way bigger than just yourself. Because even though this is your life and you only live once and that's great, but you are stuck in this earth with a lot of other people. So if you're going to start putting yourself first above everybody else, you're only going to be there yourself mic drop please that was so good mic drop (laughs) yeah i mean when i did bible nights back in denver when we lived there something that that we we had there were a couple nights where we had like debates and 
you know, there are a couple moments where things kind of got like tense in the room and you can just sense if people mm-hmm. are uncomfortable and all that. But something that I just got into the habit of saying at the end of every Bible night is like, hey, guys, like we all have our own opinions and yeah, but we have to share them so that we can get to the truth so that we can break down the pieces and actually ask, turn back to God and ask him what it means. And like if at the end of the day, uh, Paul writes about this, if at the end of the day, all you know is Jesus and him crucified, that is enough. That is all you need. You don't even read the Bible. If you know Jesus and him crucified, mm-hmm. that's enough. That's more than enough. I mean, the Bible wasn't around yeah. when Apostle Paul went and preached, you know, to yep. the Gentiles. The Bible wasn't around when Moses led the Israelites, you know. He he actually mm-hmm. relied on the very word of God. And now we have this compilation, this great historical compilation, which is also known as the word of God, alive and active, like you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. It's there. It's here for us. So why not? And just because I love this kind of stuff, in the Hebrew culture, they have this teaching method, which is basically a debate. And you basically debate about a certain topic by asking each other questions back and forth, back and forth. You just keep asking hmm. questions until you until the last person that asks the question doesn't get a question in response to his question. Have you ever heard that? Like the there's like this stigma around Jews questioning everything it's it's a method it's an i haven't but that's interesting yeah and and they like in the hebrew culture in judaism they question each other and bring these difficult points up to test each other in the word of god to test each other about the Mm. torah and actually so that their memories can because they all have the torah memorized i mean yeah and i don't know just if they did that, then yes, let's argue. Let's talk about the Bible. Let's talk about the hard stuff. Let's talk about the things that don't make sense because at the end of the day, we can just say, oh, but Jesus. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, right. And I mean, if we cannot agree on something simple as is vanilla ice cream good or not, why are we expected to agree on something as big as this? Like these are, I mean, people are still arguing, you know, World War II parts. They're still, you know, arguing whose fault was the Civil War. Like they're still arguing about all these little opinions and little things. And how are we supposed to agree on one story? But that's the beauty of your own relationship with Jesus is because you start from a a clear canvas. Like there's nothing, I'm a painter, and there's nothing better then looking at a white canvas and figuring out what you want to do with it. But it's also the most intimidating thing ever because you don't want to mess up. But the coolest thing, and what I have pictured one time ever, it was a vision, and it was for my life, but um, it was a vision I got once when I was looking at a blank canvas, and I just watched another hand paint a beautiful, beautiful picture of my life on this canvas. And it was it was Jesus' hand, and it was just showing like he, him being in control of me looking at my life as a canvas and just being so intimidated about where do I start? What do I do? Where do I go? And I'm just seeing this beautiful picture being painted on you know my canvas, but it's not my hand, and I'm just enjoying all of it, you know. And it's it's as simple as that. You 
sit back and you just enjoy the process. And at the end of the day, you can argue all you want. But if you have that beautiful relationship with Jesus, why does that even matter? Why does like, we will all end up having, like, I have a list of questions I will be asking in heaven. I have a whole list. And they go from, why did you do that? To who did, who, okay. And at the end of Mark, there's a one sentence that says a naked man ran through when Jesus was arrested. A naked man ran through and they tried to arrest him, but he fleed. As soon as that was brought up to me years ago, it has never left my mind. And I'm like, who was that? And I read in the footnote that most people believe that was Mark who had read, who had wrote this book. So, but like nobody knows. So it's, it's little questions like that. And if you are reading through the Bible and you find little humors like that, find like it is humorous. It is funny. There's a talking donkey in there. Like, stop reading it, like, in monotone, you know, like, stop trying to read it in, like, God's voice, you know? Like, just read it like you're reading it to Jesus, right? The way I pictured it was I'm laying on the couch, I'm reading it, and I'm reading it to Jesus. Am I going to read it in a monotone? No, that's disrespectful. You just read it. You just take it in yourself. And as you do, you're going to get more and more excited because then you are reading it. There's plot twists in there, you guys. There's rocks being thrown into the story. There's twists. There's shockers. Like, And all you have to do is just embrace all of it and just be like, oh, my gosh, this happened. Like, it's crazy. Like, Really put yourself into the room with these people and be like, oh, my gosh. Like, did, Why would they do that? Like, You know, like it's... It, you are living through those scenes. You're not just reading a Bible that you're going to be tested on later on in the day. And you're not going to go to the gates of heaven and, and you know, God's going to be like, what were the 10 plagues? I, I don't know what the 10, I had to write them down. You know, like, <laughs> I'm not going to know it. But like, there's, there's just so much in there. There's so much beauty in there. There's so much drama in there. And if you're like me, I like me some drama. You can find a lot in there too. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know if whoever's listening, if that doesn't make you want to read the Bible and just start from the beginning, like, I don't know what this, what else this episode did for you, <laughs> because that's, I mean, yeah. even just talking to you, even like when we talked on the phone, the few times that we talked on the phone, every time we hung up, I was like, I yeah. gotta go read, like, I want to read, like, you make me want to yeah. read the Bible, and that yeah. is a form of discipleship, that's the whole mm-hmm. purpose of having that fellowship in Christ and discipling one another because discipleship is not a program. I'm forever going to say that it is not a program. It is a relationship that Jesus modeled yeah. for us in the best way possible. And Jesus had disciples, yet he was also getting discipled. You know, he mm-hmm. he had that. And I think that the best way for us to do that is to get each other excited about getting back in the word and knowing it for ourselves so that when we do get together, we can talk about it and just stay excited about it because it flows into our life and brings that excitement into every area Mm -hmm. of life, business, family, finances, whatever else yeah. there is, you know, our love lives. I don't know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It flows into everything and it it purifies conversations and edifies our spirits, really. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and again, just remembering exactly what you had explained earlier in, in um, that phrase, before I butcher it, but it's the obedience does not earn the relationship, but it is in response to it. So if you're reading this Bible, you don't read a chapter of Genesis and then say, oh, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't do that anymore. I can't think this anymore. You're, you're not perfect. But my one recommendation would be sit back and enjoy the process of Jesus working in your life. Because he can't fix what you don't see is broken. Once you see everything that's broken in your life, only then will you actually see Jesus work in your life. Because he's not going to go into your perfect little clean house and your clean living room and, and you know, and be like, oh, I'm going to make myself comfortable here. No, he wants to shuffle things around. He wants to completely remodel your place. He wants to put his own pictures up. Like, and if you just sit back and enjoy that process, enjoy like your life moving. Maybe your job will change. Maybe your friends group will change. Maybe your church will change. But at the end of the day, like you come home and you either come home alone with your own thoughts and your own needs and your own expectations of what the society owes you, or you come home to Jesus and say, today was a good day. Today we did our best. Today I saw what you did in my life. That's a whole better life to be in. That's honestly some stuff that I that I personally had to hear, and it's so encouraging for me when when people can get confident enough to say that because we are living in a me 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 world and don't hurt my feelings and all that. And I think yeah. this this whole entire episode will definitely, hopefully, hopefully, ruffle some feathers and just get yes, it will. I have another word. thing to say too to okay. ruffle those feathers. Let's go. Yeah, um, I, love it. I had a recent conversation with a friend who also owns a business, and and something that we talked about was us helping other people in our own, I guess, industry. So in a way of you know training, basically our our competition. So I would absolutely love to train somebody to do what I do under their own business under you I'm not I don't want to hire you I want you to start on your own and grow and what I had told them was I know I'm successful when they're doing a better job than I am when they have more clients than I do when their business is growing more than mine is that's when I know that I'm successful and I don't want it to be about me but when you implement that like and that's a whole nother mindset that you have to put yourself into because again it's not why why do you want to be the biggest like at the end of the day, why do you want to be the greatest? Why do you want people to know your name? Is it pride? Is it ego? Is it, what is it? You know, what, what makes you happy with so many other people knowing your name? What I promise you, what's going to make you happier is seeing other people that you helped rise even above you. So I had mentioned that in, in a conversation that, you know, that's where I become successful. And immediately after that conversation was over the phone, I hung up. And I started thinking the same thing about my friends. I started thinking the same thing about uh, my neighbors, my landlords, my my brothers. Like, why am I only successful when people are trained? No, I want to be. I want to go have a conversation with the coworker at the coffee shop and leave them better than they were before I came into the room. Not because oh, I want them to go talk about me. No, not at all. Like, if I go into a room and have a good conversation about you like you and me sitting there. And I'd say, Tani, what has been on your mind? What has been going on in your life? You're going to feel 
so heard. You're going to feel good, you know, and, and that's great, you know, and then you leave the room, I leave the room and you're going to feel complete and you're not going to think about, oh, well, I shared everything to her. So I feel good. No, you're going to be like, oh, Elise actually asked about me. Elise actually wanted to know about me. And now I feel good. Like that, is that what you want? Or is it, I want everybody who I don't even know to know my name. Like, I don't even know these people and I want them to like my Instagram. I want them to have an opinion on how I look today on my profile picture. Like it, it just, it doesn't matter. You guys, like if you go and you know you are leaving the room and you made that person smile, that is all you need to carry on the rest of your day. But remembering at the same time that that is all that God wants too. It's as simple as that. All he wants to do is make sure you are smiling because it doesn't say, nobody has ever said that once you become a Christian, once you devote your life to Christ, everything will be easy. You'll have the best job. You'll have financial freedom. You'll have the best of friends. You'll have the best of family. No, you will have curveballs. You will have issues. But at the end of the day, if you still are smiling, if you still and say, it is still well with my soul, that's supernatural. And there's no other way to explain it. That's not from drugs. That's not from alcohol. That's not from anything but God. Yeah. And the only... (laughs) We opened that can of worms up. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. The only measure for that kind of a success is obedience to God. It's that quote that you said many times now. Yeah. And like, it's just our obedience and our obedience to God is, you know, first and foremost, loving others. Mm-hmm. Is that like, why do we not love others? And that's, yeah, that's definitely a mindset that I'll be taking into my days and <laughs> for myself, you know, just because, you know, it's, it's how it's, I have a blog post about this actually, but it, it's today's foot washing you know how jesus washed the dis- the disciples feet that's a form of today's mm-hmm. washing and if you really want proof on this whole conversation about me saying oh you know oh sorry i just knocked my puppy's toy like where is she coming from with you know where's the proof of if i go talk to somebody else about that my day will be better jesus came here to serve others not be served jesus came here to wash the feet of his disciples he came here to help others not be put on on a throne and you know have anybody else wash his feet he was moved every single time somebody made a move on him every time somebody said jesus like i i understand you i understand you are are the authority and you are under authority and he was moved by that because as soon as somebody else served him as he is serving everybody else that's what made him really connect with those people yeah yeah he was obedient unto death yeah oh and did that went all the way up to that point while still serving other people and man that's really i'm gonna be listening to this episode <laughs> later myself so best believe that definitely a lot of people were blessed by you today and i'm so glad that you agreed to do it and i really hope that we get to have more conversations publicly like this on a podcast but yeah 
but but also take it elsewhere i mean i've had i've had these kind of conversations a lot lately in my life like again the more i read the more i want to talk about it the more i want to talk about it the more easier it comes you don't have to go to somebody and just be like guess what i read in the bible you just start like it just naturally flows into a conversation like oh i had like somebody says oh i had this happen to me today you encourage them and say hey you know well I just read this in the Bible recently. And that's how every single one of my conversations started about the word. It was, well, I just read this and I don't know. And it could be somebody that doesn't read. It could be someone that doesn't go to church and they still take comfort. Why? Because it's supernatural because it's God. They don't have to believe to be felt encouraged and spiritually filled through you because it's not you that's doing that. It's God doing the work through you to them. And um, a lot of the conversations that I've had, a lot of them would take it in and they'd be like, well, um, well, I don't want to copy you or I don't want to re-say, I know these are your words. And I had, I had four people tell me that recently. And I'm like, no, no, because what if Jesus said that? What if, what if he was like, hey, here's the Bible, but I don't want, I don't want, I don't want this going anywhere else. Like you just keep it for yourself. No, take my words. Cause these are probably not even my words. Take them and take them to your own conversations. Take them with your friends, have them be like, oh, I just heard this recently. I mean, that's how it all starts. It goes back to the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. Baptize. Exactly. Behold. And, oh, that's so good. Yeah. It removes that focus on you and just like, oh, this is mine. And then from other people too. Like, Mm -hmm. take it. Like, take this conversation and go talk about it. Go Go continue exactly. Ship continue getting people. What am I gonna do with it? <laughs> yeah, I already said it. I'm not gonna go back home and be like, yeah, that was really good. What I said, man. Well, I feel like I was gonna ask you, you know, the question if there was anything about the Bible you would encourage others with. What would that be? But I feel like you answer that so many times throughout this episode. <laughs> but I still want you to say something because this is the end of the episode and just whatever yeah. you want, what would you leave people with when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to going through the Bible? Yeah. First things first, start off with prayer. Um, start off by praying before you even dive into Genesis chapter one, verse one, pray and say, God, just wipe, wipe my mind clean. I want to know you for who you are not based on my opinions, not based on what I know, but based on who you are. And start reading with, you don't have to memorize everything that's that's happened in there. You just start reading and your main goal is to know God. Where has God spoken? What has God spoken? And apply that to your own life and just find comfort in his promises, find comfort in how he had, you know, led the people of of Israel to the promised land, everything that he has promised to them, I will fight for you. All you have to do is stay still. And um, the other thing is reading from the very beginning of the Bible, it will only elevate your relationship with Jesus in appreciation of God's cost of his only son so that in today's day, we don't have to sacrifice oxes and lambs and build and drag a tabernacle around with us. Like they, he's, he's done that one thing for you. So the least you can do is try to get to know him. That is so good. And 
Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I hope everyone that's listening says yes to that. And with that, I'm so thankful, so glad that you oh, just opened up and just, I don't know, you're a well of Yeah, thank you for so having thankful. me. So thankful for you, man. And just for everyone else, subscribe to this podcast, follow on social media, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you found this audio blog inspiring and I'll see you next time.